Good morning, church. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship together at Faith Community United Methodist Church on this fourth Sunday of Advent. It's good to be with you in worship this morning. If you would, please fill out the attendance pads that you will find in each of the pews and pass those along to others worshiping beside you this morning. Uh, this is, of course, the, the fourth Sunday of Advent. Next weekend is uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Sunday, and I just want to make sure you're aware of the schedule for next weekend. Christmas Eve worship is at 9 p.m. The special music will begin at 8.30, so you want to get here early on Christmas Eve, get your spot, and enjoy the sacred uh, Christmas Eve music at 8.30, service beginning at 9 and then Christmas morning is uh, Sunday this year. We'll have our regular uh, worship service at 1030 on Christmas morning. So I hope you can join us for that as well. Uh, there's a, an opportunity this afternoon to go caroling. If you would like to spread some Christmas cheer, caroling with some friends, uh, meet here at the church at 3 o'clock and just going around to the uh, condos uh, next to the church to uh, sing uh, some carols together. So that's uh, 3 o'clock this afternoon in the parking lot to do that. There's also an announcement in your bulletin about the Men of Faith uh, gathering tomorrow evening. All the men are invited to that, so make sure that you note that and the other announcements that are in your bulletin. Uh, thank you for the uh, poinsettias that you all uh, ordered. The insert uh, about who ordered those and who they are in memory and in honor of is uh, in your bulletin. Uh, please leave those today and Christmas Eve, and you can pick them up after worship on next Sunday morning. Uh, to take those home with you. And thank you for sharing those with us. We come this morning to offer God our worship and our praise, and so let us be in a spirit of worship as the choir presents the music of the introits. Please stand for the call to worship. Glory to God in the highest. 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 Let us offer light against the darkness as we worship God. Now please join with me in the opening prayer. Eternal Creator, with you each moment of life is full of wonder and surprise. We pray for you to make us watchful as we await the coming of Christ. Grant that we may not be found sleeping in sin, but awake in rejoicing in your newness of life. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. 
Now please join with me in O Come All Ye Faithful. We're singing verses 1, 3, and 4. Um, it can be found on, as hymn 234. seated and I invite the Skaggs family to come forward for the lighting of the Advent wreath. Isaiah said that the Lord spoke to the king and said, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But when the king refused, God would not be stopped. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and, have, and shall name him Emmanuel. 
God wants us to know, even when we aren't sure, aren't sure ourselves, God wants us to experience God's presence, even when we think we can handle life on our own. God sends us signs of God's presence with us. All we need to do is keep our eyes open and look. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she, be- until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. We light these candles, the candle of joyous hope, of proclaimed peace, of deep, everlasting joy, and today a present that speaks of love. As a sign that no matter our circumstances, we know we are not alone. Can I, can I have the children come forward at this time? Catherine, you can you can hold this for me for a second. Thanks for coming up here. It's Christmas time, and and I really love Christmas time for a lot of reasons. But one of those reasons is that there is just a lot of symbols, a lot of things that come back in Christmas time that I see once a year and it fills me with joy and, uh, and Christmas cheer, like pastor said earlier. So a symbol, a symbol is, is, is something, maybe a, an image or a thing that makes us think of an idea or someone. Um, and it's a reminder. And we've already talked talked about some symbols. Um, a couple weeks ago, Mrs. Wickline talked about a candy cane and how that kind of is a symbol or that means something. Does anybody remember that? What, what candy cane? Can anybody re- remember that and tell everybody? What is a candy cane? It could be a couple things. What does a candy cane represent or remind us of? Jesus. G- Jesus. Because of like when you turn it around, it looks like a J. Because it looks like a J, yeah. Because it reminds us of Jesus because it looks like a J. Also, when you flip it upside down, it looks like a shepherd's hut too. Because it reminds us of the shepherds. Yes, and that's a good reminder because we're going to talk about the shepherds and the shepherd's hook today. And we're also going to talk about angels. And so the last couple of weeks, it's been really fun to learn about all the angels. Um, the angels always reminded me of the message, the message coming of the the gift of Jesus. What is the gift of Jesus that that the angels have have were reminding and actually foretelling, telling people that was coming? He was a savior. 
he was the Savior. Yes, yeah, so angels as a whole, as we learned last week and a couple other weeks, um, are reminders of the of of Jesus' gift. What I wanted to talk today about is is the Advent wreath itself. So we lit the candle of love. So let's come over here. And we lit the, the candle of love on the Advent wreath, but what shape is a wreath in? A circle. What could a circle represent? What the circle of the wreath, what could it represent as it and connect with the gift of Jesus? Can anybody think of that? Think about what kind of idea that could represent. The circle of love, joy, and peace. Yes. And one of the ideas is that a circle doesn't have any end. It doesn't have any sides. So the circle of love, joy, and peace that Jesus gave is everlasting. So it's a reminder of everlasting love and everlasting everlasting life. Because isn't that one of the gifts that Jesus gave us is he saved, saved us and with him we can have everlasting life? It's a good reminder. Another good reminder is, come over here. What what color is the Christmas tree and the wreath and all of this? Green. And is a Christmas tree and pine trees, do they stay green only in one season? What do they do? Um, they stay green all, all the year, the whole year. So they're ever they're evergreen, right? They last all year. How can we connect that to what we just talked about? A circle goes on forever, so does so does love, joy, peace and hope. And, and, and the Christmas tree is evergreen, just like everlasting love that Jesus gives us. So let's, let's pray. Lord God, thanks for giving us the gift of Jesus, which gives everlasting love and everlasting life. As you will, will learn today to all people, you've, you've, you've given that everlasting love and everlasting life to all people. And we thank that you've given this gift to us and our neighbors no matter who they are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Chad. As they get their treats and head back, we're going to uh, prepare for our prayer hymn, which is number 245 in the hymnal. Uh, the first note, we're going to be singing verses 1 and 2. So as you remain seated, let us sing verses 1 and 2 of the first note.
pray. Oh Lord, just like those certain poor shepherds, we too are poor and needy. Perhaps not uh, financially. Perhaps we do have warm homes like they didn't. Perhaps we have many resources to rely on. And yet, Lord, we are nothing without you. Remind us that we can't trust in those things of this world that we have uh, built up, but we can only trust in your grace, in your mercy. And so like those certain poor shepherds, draw us near to your manger to see the miracle, the miracle that you have given yourself to us, that you have come into this world to be with us, to redeem us, so that we might be with you, that you might be with us, that you could be our God and we could be your children only because of Jesus. And so may we wonder in that miracle during this season and during every season to be always mindful of your incredible blessings upon us. We pray, Lord, that you will work through us and through this church to bring that word of salvation in Jesus out into this community For others who have not yet heard, for those who don't yet know you as Lord and Savior, may they be touched by our witness. May they see something in us that they desire, and may they know that it comes only from you. Lord, bless all of our ministries as we reach out in your name. Bless each one of us and strengthen our families. We lift to you our concerns for loved ones who are struggling right now. We know, Lord, that you are the one, the only one, who can provide for all of their needs. And so as we lift them to you in prayer, may we trust in you for all of your goodness. And may we see your glory revealed in their lives and in our own. May you shine in our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name as we offer to you now the prayer that he teaches us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We continue to worship through the giving of our tithes and offerings as the ushers wait upon us.
Please join me in the prayer of dedication. Amazing God, your love shown through the Christ child in the manger. Bless these gifts that your light may shine through us as well. May they offer hope and love to those most in need of it. Amen. Please remain standing for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel lesson comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14, the shepherds and the angels. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the God shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For until you, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The Lord of God for the people of God.
hopeless, Charlie Brown. Completely hopeless. Rats. You've been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. <laughs> what a treat. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. You're hopeless, Charlie Brown, completely. That's what Christmas is all about. Amen. Have a good week. You know, any time I think of that scripture reading, the one for today of the angel appearing to the shepherds, um, no offense to Chad, you did an excellent job reading it, but I always want to hear it recited from the King James Version of the Bible by Linus Van Pelt. I'm sure you all know that that's a scene from a Charlie Brown Christmas television special that first aired on CBS in 1965 and has been a Christmas favorite for all ages ever since. It has aired every year since 1965 and always garners top ratings. What you might not know is that the special almost didn't happen, and part of that has to do with that scene that we just watched. Religion was considered too controversial for popular television. Quoting scripture in a network cartoon was unheard of. When some of the executives first saw the special, they were convinced that it was it would be not only the first but the last Peanuts television show. Some people suggested that Charles Schultz, uh, that he take the religion out of it. Schultz wouldn't hear of it. His entire purpose in doing the special was to present the true meaning of Christmas. And how can you possibly present the true meaning of Christmas without mentioning Christ? For Schultz, that scene was the point of the whole show. Without it, he refused to allow a Charlie Brown Christmas to proceed. So it proceeded according to Schultz's vision. Many experts convinced that Schultz was committing professional suicide and that Peanuts would never be seen on television again. Well, you know how it turned out. It's over half a century later, and just about everybody in this room not only knew where that scene is from, but has probably seen it dozens of times. Some of us still watch it every year. Why? 
I think it's not just because it's such a heartwarming classic with some tremendous music, but because it really does show what Christmas is all about. As the children are all caught up in their worldly celebrations, the dancing and the decorating, jockeying for the best part in the pageant, joking about one another and wishing for expensive presents, for a brief moment, all of that is brought to a halt. And all the attention is given to the proclamation of the angel declaring the Savior's birth. And we're reminded that that and not any of that other stuff is what Christmas is all about. It's about the Word of God. It's about the presence of Christ. It's about God reaching out to the least likely and the most lowly with a message of joy and salvation. This reading from Luke 2 is the fourth in a series of angelic visits related to the birth of Jesus. This is the first angelic visit that actually happens at Christmas time, which is, I'm certain, why it's the one most uh, focused on in the Christmas carols. The first visit, the one to Zechariah, happened about 15 months before Jesus was born. The next one, the one to Mary, happened about nine months before Christ's birth. Last week, we heard of the angel's visit to Joseph, which took place probably somewhere about six months before the birth. The angel's visit to the shepherds took place that very night, the night that Jesus was born. While all of the other stories were of Advent angels, this story is truly about the angels of Christmas. Luke had just told about the birth of the baby and the fact that they had laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And then he transitions the narrative. Shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Being a shepherd was a 24-7 job. Shepherds couldn't just put the sheep in a pen and then go off to sleep in their nice comfy beds in their warm homes. Shepherds were nomadic folk who lived with their sheep. I would imagine they probably slept in shifts so that there was always someone on guard watching out for any predator that might want to snatch a late night snack or any human that might want to poach from the flock. I wonder what it was like being the one on duty when the angel showed up. Did he have to rouse the others from sleep? Hey guys, there's something going on here. You might want to see this. Perhaps it was early in the evening and they were all still awake. Luke doesn't get into those details. What he does tell us is that when the angel showed up, the shepherds were terrified. Or as the King James puts it, they were sore afraid. The first words of the angel are, fear not. That is often the first words of an angel in the scriptures. The first thing the angel said to Zechariah, do not be afraid, Zechariah. It wasn't the first thing the angel said to Mary, but when she was troubled at the angel's greeting, Gabriel said, do not be afraid, Mary. There are many times in the Old Testament when angels show up and the first thing they say is fear not. I've heard it suggested that artistic depictions of cute and adorable cherubs aside, angels must look terrifying since the first thing they have to say when they show up is don't be afraid. I don't think it has to do with their physical appearance, though. I think it has to do with 
being startled. One, one moment everything is going along as normal and then all of a sudden there's someone there that wasn't there before. Of course that's going to create some fear. But more than that, there is a fear that comes from being in the presence of the holy. In the case of the angel that appeared to the shepherds, Luke says, the glory of the Lord shone around them. Finding oneself in the presence of a holy, heavenly being. And knowing oneself to be unholy. Knowing how fragile our lives really are. How at mercy of God we are in each moment. I think the visit of angels strikes a holy fear of the Lord in the one being visited. Fear not, the angel says. There is no need to fear being in the presence of the holy. For that is God's desire, for us to be in his presence. That is why the Christ child was born, so that God could be in our presence. That is why Jesus would be crucified and resurrected, to take away our sins so that we can be in the presence of God. The message of the angel to the shepherds is that a Savior has been born. Savior. That word, Savior, it's not just a fancy title for Jesus. It's not just an honorific name. Savior is who He is. Savior is why He was born. Christ came into this world to be our Savior. Because without Him, apart from Him, we can't be in the presence of God. God is holy. We are not. God is perfect. We are filled with sin. In the presence of God's light, the evil in us is revealed and the judgment against us is certain. We are unworthy of the divine presence. We should be fearful in the presence of the holy. We are cast out because of sin. But rather than casting us away, God chose instead to cast our sin away. He did that through the sacrifice of His Son as the atonement for our sin. Jesus came into the world in order that He might take away our sin so that we can be in the presence of a holy God. That is what makes Him our Savior. We don't usually talk a whole lot about the crucifixion at Christmas time. We like to focus on the more pleasant parts of the story, particularly the adorable little baby. Who wants to think about the cross when we're gazing at the baby? But the Bible makes it clear, even in the stories about the birth of Jesus, that this adorable little baby came explicitly for the purpose of being the very sacrifice by which God would redeem us. In both Matthew and Luke, the angel states that the child is, the child to be born will be named Jesus. The name Jesus literally means God saves. It's another form of the name Joshua, which means the same thing. Many faithful Jewish parents named their baby Joshua or Jesus in the hope and faith that God would send forth the Messiah. But the Gospels go even further than that. The angel said to Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
It's not just that Jesus would be a great teacher or a great leader or a great moral authority. It is that he would save his people from their sins. Even before he was born, the angels were proclaiming the reason for his coming to make the sacrifice that would free us from sin, that would bring us back from death, that would reunite us with God. Fear not. The angel proclaimed to the shepherds, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior. The one who would pay the price for their sins so that they could dwell with God forever. They need not fear being in the presence of holiness for the one had been born who would make them holy. Fear not. That works on another level as well. It wasn't just the presence of a bright, shining angel that might cause them to fear, but also the darkness that surrounded them. I don't mean the literal darkness of the night sky. I mean the darkness of whatever troubles they faced. The fact that the angel came to the shepherds at night is not just a simple fact about the hour of day. It also represents the fact that the hope and the promise of God often come to us in the darkest of moments. Have you ever been sore afraid? Most of us have probably not experienced the appearance of a heavenly visitor shining brightly above us in the night sky, but still most of us do know what it means to be sore afraid. Perhaps it was a bump in the night that you took to be a sign of danger. Perhaps a conversation that began with the words, we need to talk. Perhaps it was challenges heaped upon your shoulders, the weight of which you felt incapable of bearing. Perhaps it was finding yourself in a neighborhood you had no business being in at a time that you had no business being there. Perhaps it was worry over a loved one in a dangerous situation. We've all been sore afraid at one time or another over something. Whatever the source of fear is for us, God sends his angels into that darkness, bringing forth God's light. Fear not. The Lord is with you. Emmanuel. No matter what troubles you're going through right now, fear not, for God knows you and loves you and holds you in the palm of His hands. No matter what your anxieties may be about the future, about your place in the world, about whatever weighs upon your heart, fear not. For behold, we have been given good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Good news of great joy for every situation that we face. Emmanuel, God is with us. The shepherds were astounded that such news should be delivered to them. Shepherds were not highly regarded people. They were on the bottom rung of society. That might sound strange given the role that shepherds played in Israel's history. David had been a shepherd. Moses spent time as a shepherd. 
The prophets spoke of Israel's priests as shepherds. But still, shepherds in general were considered lowly people. Remember when Samuel came to Jesse to find the new king to anoint. Jesse didn't think David was worthy of even being brought out for Samuel to look at. Moses became a shepherd in order to escape, to avoid notice. He wanted to become a nobody. That's what shepherds were. Nobodies. Anonymous. And so the news of the most important event in human history is announced first to a collection of anonymous nobodies. And that's kind of the point. Because that's who Jesus came for. He came to raise up the lowly. He came to give hope to the hopeless. He came to make the least important persons of this world the most important persons in the kingdom of heaven. The first will be last. And the last will be first. In the appearance of the angel to the shepherds, the ones who receive the message are part of the message itself. The last in this world are the first to hear the good news. They are the first to be initiated into the new thing God was doing. They were the first to receive the message of salvation coming to us in a little baby boy. Born not into power and comfort and regal surroundings, but wrapped in swaddling cloths. Lying in a manger. When the angel said to the shepherds that he was bringing good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I'm sure the shepherds locked in on those words for all the people. They were not accustomed to being included in the festivities. The shepherds were not on anyone's Christmas card list. They were consistently left out of the gift exchanges. They had never been invited to the party before. But now, they were the very first ones to receive an invitation. The first ones to be invited to the most spectacular event in human history. This one is truly for all the people. I have to go back to a Charlie Brown Christmas because... The gospel message presented in that program is not just the Bible quoted by Linus, but in what comes next. You remember the, the tree that Charlie Brown picked out, that tiny wilted tree that, that couldn't even hold the weight of one ornament. The reason why everybody was laughing at Charlie Brown, thinking that that pitiful excuse for a tree could represent Christmas. Charlie Brown, with the words of the angel ringing in his head, carries that scrawny, unloved tree home, followed by all the other children. He places one ornament on the tree's puny branches. And then Linus lovingly wraps his blanket around the trunk to hold the tree up. Next, all of the children get in on the action, each of them showing the tree some love and and adding to it. And when they're finished, they move away to reveal that the sapling that they had previously ridiculed has been transformed into something radiant, beautiful. The tree itself becomes a parable for the message proclaimed by the angel. Charlie Brown saw in that little tree something that no one else in his school could see. 
its innate worth, its potential to shine. Just as Charlie Brown rescued that scrawny tree instead of dismissing it or or mocking it, Jesus came as an expression of God's love to rescue the world, not to condemn it. God saw in us what Charlie Brown saw in that tree. Not something to be shunned or, or rejected as hopeless, but something lovely. Something of immense value. Something to be cherished and loved and saved. Jesus brings good news to the lowly, the hurting, the outcast, the marginalized. News that they are beloved and precious to God. And just as the tree shone brightly when surrounded by caring hands, so too we begin to shine in the loving embrace of Jesus. And suddenly, suddenly there is a whole army of angels gathered around singing God's praise. When we are embraced by Jesus, when we are transformed by His love, then we find that we are not alone. We are surrounded by a whole multitude of angels. And we join our voices with that heavenly chorus, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to all God's children. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Let us stand and sing that together. It's number 238 in the hymnal, Angels We Have Heard on High.
as you go on your way, may you continue to sing with that choir of angels God's praise. For in that baby in the manger, we have a Savior, Christ our Lord. Go in the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.